Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good morning, whatever time it is by you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Line Drive Radio. Welcome to LDR. It's a Tuesday, June 8th. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, man on the board here on Long Island in New York. And as always, hanging with my LDR teammate, Mr. Tad Bamford from the great city of Chicago. Good day to you, sir. What's happening? Oh, it is a beautiful beginning the month of June, where the uh, the contenders start to separate themselves from the pretenders, you start getting trade winds blowing. You start talking draft. You start talking about uh, the All Star Game, which we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on today. It's just it's an exciting time for baseball, and uh, unless you're a Yankees fan, so hey, oh hey, early shots, early shots this week. So yeah, no, it, it's a great time to be a baseball fan because it's starting to heat up literally and figuratively. The, the birds have flown North in the case of the blue Jays moving to Buffalo. And uh, hopefully they're able to get back to Toronto at some point and actually play home games. That would be a nice change of pace after two years away. But yeah, we're, we're excited for the calendar flip into June and baseball really becoming, you know, you've still got some NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, but we're, it, it's baseball season right now, and, and I, it's an, a really exciting time because there's a lot going on in the game. Yeah, everybody uh, getting close to that 60-game mark. Uh, I don't appreciate the Yankee dig there, but I get it. Uh, they're stinking up the boogie down Bronx here. Um, just atrocious. The fan base is all over them. Uh, you know, they're calling for Boone's head. They don't know what to do here. Very talented lineup there. Uh, yeah, why don't we uh, just welcome aboard, everybody. We're going to do a, a very special all-star ballot um, selection here today on uh, Line Drive Radio. The big game coming up on July 13th out in Colorado. Um, so that's going to be a great time. But before we do, let's just uh, jump around a couple of quick uh, news items here and, and start with the Yanks there, uh, Tab. You know, they, they had a bad spot there at the beginning of the season. They kind of... Turned things around. The pitching staff did a great job. They hung back in. Um, I think about six and a half out now in first place. But obviously the Bo Sox come in here and embarrass them uh, again after getting swept by the Tigers there last week as well, too. Um, you know, looking from afar in the great city of Chicago upon the great city of New York here, uh, what's your take on the Yanks here? Uh, moves, changes, ride it out too soon? I think the national media is, you know, bordering on evisceration of the entire franchise that, 
you know, Hal Steinbrenner's not his father. Uh, he wants to stay under the luxury tax almost to a fault. They've made some pretty critical mistakes when it comes to personnel decisions, both financially driven and just long-term planning-wise. You know, the decision to go get Giancarlo Stanton when they did because they didn't want to do the dance with Bryce Harper. You know, with Aaron Hicks being done for the year with a, a bad wrist and him really not playing well in the first place. You know, they're... <sighs> If they could find a left-handed bat in that clubhouse, they'd probably play it every day, but they don't have many, if any. So it's a tough time for the Yankees, and the you know the bigger problem for them, and we've talked about that throughout the show this season, is that the top of the American League East is so good, and you look at the run differentials. The Yankees right now are upside down. They're in the red. They're four, you know, negative four run differential right now after losing four straight. And the top three in the division, the Yankees are in fourth place, six and a half out. Tampa's plus 75, Boston's plus 54, and Toronto's plus 36. And they're, the Yankees are sliding in the wrong direction. You know, Garrett Cole is now hearing the whispers after MLB announced 10-game suspensions for pitchers that are playing with too much glop on their hands uh, with the whole spin rate controversy that's continuing to evolve. Um you know, Garrett Cole's here in Whispers, which started a few years ago with Trevor Bauer and those two hating each other since they were teammates in college. Um, you know, it, it's just everybody on that team's getting nitpicked. And you're right. You know, Aaron Boone, who they hired to be the opposite of Joe Girardi, has kind of been the opposite of Joe Girardi. Girardi got him in the playoffs. And right now, you know, Booney hasn't gotten them to the promised land. Uh, he certainly won a lot of friends and fans with his savages in the box rant. But they haven't been savages in a while. And, uh, and you know, you've got some guys that aren't playing their lockdown position. You go give DJ LeMayhew money to play second base. Now he's playing first because of the injuries. Glaber Torres, I think we could comfortably say at this point, is better when he's playing second base than shortstop. But he's stuck there. They take a cast away from the bottom-feeding Texas Rangers. We're going to go door to play second. You know, Gio Urshela is a defensive guy at third base, but, you know, he's, he was a nice surprise last year offensively. But And Gary Sanchez keeps being just a complete enigma, both defensively and offensively. So you really don't know what you have, and there's no versatility in the lineup. you got a bunch of guys that are all or nothing, uh, and they are getting a lot of nothing way too frequently. And it'll be really interesting to see if Brian Cashman goes up stairs and asks for a little bit of money and if you, you get to a point earlier than the trade deadline that he decides that it's time to make some significant changes and swing big because those top three teams aren't going anywhere toronto's just starting to get their young pitching integrated boston doesn't look like they're going to go anywhere in a while they've won five straight and put it on the yankees pretty hard this weekend and tampa is just tampa somehow you got a team of guys that you might not be able to name many of them but they just keep putting it on people and you know, Tampa's 15 games over 500. Boston's 14 games over 500. And the Yankees are sitting here two games over. They've lost four in a row. They've won two of their last 10. And you don't see an easy fix because their lineup is very uh, cardboard, I guess it would be the uh, word that I would use. There isn't a lot of variety in how they approach opposing pitching. And that makes it easy to game plan against. And unfortunately, other teams have been executing against them. So, so Tam, right there of, on that note, lots Tam, of problems. Do you think on that note, it's more of a, a player problem, roster issue, 
than it is a managerial issue. Yes. I okay. think it's a roster roster construction problem. At the end of the day, the managers can only roll out the guys that they have. And at the end of the day, the guys that are on the field have to do their jobs. But if the managers handed a roster, and we've talked about this with the Cubs in previous shows over the last few years, if you have a lineup where you have eight guys, or in the American League, nine with the DH, who are all a home run or walk guy, when you become fully uh, fixed on the true outcome scenario, it's really hard to generate offense. And what you see with teams like Tampa and Boston this year, the White Sox, the teams that are at the top, a lot of it, people use the word small ball. They say it's old school, but you see a lot more movement on the base, a lot more acceptance of singles and doubles instead of just going for the fences every single time. And the Yankees don't have a lot of that. You know, LeMahieu was supposed to be one of those guys that was putting the ball in play. You know, I think Clint Frazier, another guy that they weren't looking at as a 35 homer guy, but the rest of that lineup is you're looking for like a 240 batting average and 30 to 40 home runs. And if you're not hitting home runs and you're and you be, had massive holes in your swing exposed over the last few years, it gets really hard to overcome what it is and to borrow from the old Dennis Green rant about the Bears on Monday Night Football. They are who we thought they were. The Yankees are exactly what they've been built to be, which is an all-or-nothing team. And unfortunately, over the last few weeks, they've been a lot of nothing. Yeah. All-or-nothing is pretty pretty good analogy there, Mr. Tab they, look, they, they've scored 79. Not happy about it, but runs. I get it. They've scored 79 fewer runs than the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you look at those offenses on paper, you'd laugh at that being the reality. The Yankees have scored 17 fewer runs than the Baltimore Orioles. Ooh, you had to bring that up? Really? They have, they have scored 17. <laughs> uh, the Orioles have allowed 66 more runs, so let's not sugarcoat the poop here. Uh, I'm not saying that the Yankees and Orioles are in the clubhouse, except they're next to each other in the standings, which is a problem for the pinstripes. But the Orioles have scored 17 more runs than the New York Yankees. Let that sink in for a minute, because... That's a problem. When you're built to beat people and just bludgeon people with the long ball and it's not happening, it's a big problem. And I, I, I do think Cashman will be aggressive because it's been too long since the Yankees won a World Series. They watched L.A. get off the schneid. They've sat around and watched Chicago win one on the north side. You know, it, They don't go five or six years without a World Series, certainly not since Jeter showed up. So... Here we are. And, and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's easier to change the manager than the personnel, but this is absolutely a personnel problem. Yeah, we're going to see what happens. Um, the fan base the last couple of nights has been absolutely hysterical, and they're raw. They're not happy here in, in, in the Bronx. Well, and the, and the crazy thing is, as we go through the All-Star ballot today, when you stack up what the Yankees have against the rest of the league, it's really hard to make a case for many of them to get a starting gig. Yeah. It's really hard to justify sure, keep, a vote for a Yankee right now. the wound there, Tab. That's great. Thanks. Now I get to look forward to that, not seeing any Yankees in this. This is great. Thanks, man. Well, they'll have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cole start, and then the Yankees uh, can, and their fans can go watch the Islanders. 
Oh, let's not go there. The you, you know you, you got a Yankees and a Rangers fan here, and you're bringing up the Islanders. Unbelievable. All right, oh, next man. topic. You know, I'm going to give it to you twist a little the, bit. Speaking of, this speaking of Chicago Cubs, sounds like you have a Milwaukee Brewers problem here, pal. We were touting them. They were the greatest team in May uh, last uh, episode, and now uh, they've gone 5-5, five and five, and the Brewers are 9-1 in the last 10, buddy. First place. Well, What's the story? You could make a case that the Brewers' starting rotation is the best in Major League Baseball, and they're throwing like it. The bats have been okay. They've been good enough. Um, but, you know, full credit to the Brewers. And you can talk about schedule and efficiencies, and you play who you get when you get them. Cubs went out to San Francisco and got a first-place Giants team that handled their business pretty well against the Cubs. They were impressive. Uh, and the Brewers have just gotten on a streak here, and that Brewers team isn't going to go anywhere, and they are, uh, with the arms that they have, they're going to be dangerous. The only thing that I will say is, do the Brewers have the pitching depth to do it all year? Uh, because, again, we're, we're coming off of a short pandemic season. Can Craig Council ride these guys all the way into September, October, or will there be a time that they've got to start looking at cutting back some innings so that they've got the horses down the stretch? Uh, because these guys didn't throw a lot of innings last year. A lot of guys, I mean, look, we're 60 games in for most teams or in that neighborhood, which was the entire regular season last year. So now you're starting to play in somewhat uncharted territory because it's been two years since guys were throwing this many innings. So it's going to be interesting to watch a team that is really relying on its pitching right now. And the biggest surprise for Milwaukee is Devin Williams, the rookie of the year last year with his airbender pitch that nobody could figure out last year. Bluntly, he's been a disappointment in their bullpen. But Josh Hader's been dominant, and their starters have been dominant. So Freddie Peralta's been outstanding. So, you know, tip of the cap to the Brewers. They're rolling. They're playing well. They got hot at a time that the Cubs cooled off a little bit after a great month. And the problem, I think, in that division is the Cardinals looking up at the Cubs and Brewers with no Jack Flaherty for a while. You got to, you're in crisis mode in St. Louis because they made the big deal for Arenado, and now they're in a spot where their pitching isn't holding up its end of the bargain, and the bats are trying to outscore people, and you know that they they're sliding the wrong direction. Not as bad as the Yankees, but they're sliding the wrong direction, and. You know, we're, we'll see if St. Louis has to do something early to work because Jack Flaherty's going to be out because their pitching staff hasn't been great this year. Well, speaking of caps, I was just looking at the uh, cost of uh, Brewers baseball hats on Amazon there. I might have to jump on the bandwagon there, Tab. The fighting Bob Eukers. <laughs> I love it. It's something new. It's it's good stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, that should just be fun the rest of the way, especially in that division. Uh, with the cards and stuff, uh, see how things go there. Uh, and, and the Cubbies, obviously, as well as they've been playing, obviously, uh, the last month or so. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that as it goes forward. So good stuff there. Uh, another cup, quick look, couple items here before we get into our All-Star Game ballot special here on Line Drive Radio. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Jared Kalanick here uh, in Seattle uh, getting called up and his whole situation with his contract and everything else. We've done it extensively here on previous episodes. Sent back down to AAA. I want to get your thoughts on that. And uh, the latest report on Mike Trout, obviously, in the Angels. Uh, he's making some progress, but no timeline uh, as of yet. And those couple of notes there from uh, MLB Daily. Pick them up. So I don't, I, don't, I don't pretend to make things up here and be creative on my own here. But those are two headlines I wanted to get your uh, yeah. thoughts Yeah, I on. mean, I, 
the the thing that sucks with Trout is he was off to maybe the best start of his, you know, likely Hall of Fame headed career. And so for him to be down really stinks for fans because he's a guy that people pay to see. He's a guy that you want to see in the All-Star game. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Encouraging, you know, comments from him earlier this week about, you know, he's feeling pretty good, but he's got to start jogging before he can run. Not just a cliche, literally, he has to start jogging before he can run, see how that calf responds, and then he can start getting back to some baseball activities. But it's it, it put them in a tough spot because they were – you know, they made some moves to theoretically bolster their pitching that haven't worked out. Uh, you know, they made the big play for Anthony Rendon last year. He's been hampered by injuries a lot earlier this season. So it, it sucks that Trout's not going to be part of the all-star game mix. But we hope that we get him back soon because he's worth the price of admission. And Jared Kellenick, you know, this is a guy we've talked about throughout the year. There was a service time issue in the offseason where the now former president of the Mariners shut his mouth off on an interview about, you know, the guy didn't take an extension, so we're going to sit him, manipulate his service time, which opens Pandora's box going into negotiating a new CBA. Uh, this is a kid that thought he was good enough last year. He came up, got his first home run, and then really didn't do anything since. I mean, he's hitting, he, he goes down with an 096 batting average. His OPS is. which is basically what my GPA was my final semester in college, (laughs) but that's not going to keep you in the majors. Um, So he's going to go down and get some more seasoning. And this is what makes baseball so great. It also makes it so hard. You can have absolutely everything figured out at the AAA level. We see this all the time. I mean, the angels had it with Joe Adele, their top prospect. He came up last year, struggled. He hasn't come back yet. Uh, We'll see if he gets a call later this year, but it's humbling when you get up against the big boys and you, and you start playing with the adults and they don't take anything off because you're a top prospect. It's what makes top, you know, young guys that come up like an Acuna or a Soto or a Tatis and just dominate out of the gate that much more impressive because Kelnick's got all the tools in the world, um, but he was really fighting it at the major league level. So uh, I would suggest that Mariners fans not check the box next to Kalanick's name because he is on the All-Star game ballot. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what you know the, the next few months hold for him because he's got to go down and I think when you struggle as much as he did, get your brain right and get back to, to playing ball uh, before you can you know earn that promotion again and get a longer look. But look, there, there are guys that struggled mightily and just needed to go down and right the ship and come back or get a change of scenery and come back uh, who go on a very long, successful careers. I don't think that this is a, you know, a, a death blow for Kalnick's career by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely humbling for him to come up and get it handed to him like he did for a few weeks. Good stuff there, Tab, man. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. You know, an interesting player. Interesting what's going on in Seattle just as a whole as an organization. Uh, with some of the off-the-field uh, news uh, to start the season here, too. So this is just a, a, a story we'll just keep on top well, of. And- the other thing, too, that that's a, that is exciting for uh, Mariners fans is they've got all of these just incredibly exciting young outfield pos- prospects. Taylor Trammell, playing Kyle Lewis, was the Rookie of the Year last year in the American League. Uh, they've got Kalnick, and maybe the most talented of that entire group is a kid named Julio Rodriguez who is younger than the other three. Uh, again, I think most 
you know, scouts and analysts think that he has the highest ceiling, but the Mariners made the bold choice to allow him to leave their minor league team and play with the Dominican Republic in the Olympic qualifiers. And the kids put on an absolute show. So, you know, it's exciting for Mariners fans that they've got a couple good young outfielders there. Kalanick, they got the, a little taste up. He'll be back. But I think Julio Rodriguez is the future in that outfield, and he's been doing a really nice job for the DR and the Olympic qualifiers. And if he gets a chance to go over and play in the Olympics with the Dominicans, I think that would be a lot of fun, and it would be great for baseball. It's a, it's a shame that we're not going to have the best of the best playing in the Olympics, but I think that's what makes it fun. You, you get a you get a grab bag of folks that, you know, maybe journeymen who are still looking for a gig or or guys who, you know, recently retired. Uh, but it, it's exciting to see that baseball's back in the Olympics, and he's one of the youngest guys that will be in that tournament. So somebody for Seattle to watch, Julio Rodriguez. I like it. That's if we have an Olympics. If it happens, that jury's still out yeah. on that. Knock, knock on wood. Hopefully yeah, we'll we get happens. Yeah, so, you know, Seattle, too, five and a half back. That's an interesting division there, the uh, the AL West with Oakland there and Houston and stuff, so, um, and the LA Angels. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, we're, uh, we're only getting to the All-Star game here, and that's what we're going to kind of dive into right now, our, our little special here on uh, LDR today, and we're going to take a run down the, um, the, uh, all the positions here a little bit, and uh, we'll get uh, Tab's feedback on, on who the obvious choices are. And maybe some other things that we could kind of talk to. So here we are, uh, Tab. July 13th, the big gate comes back. Um, it's the 91st edition. Uh, it was supposed to be in Atlanta this year. Moved uh, out to Colorado, a uh, place that's near and dear to me. Last time it was held in Colorado, it was 98, buddy. Um, do you remember who, uh, who won the home run derby back then? I do not, but part of me wants to say it was either Dante Bichette or Vinny Castilla. It was not. It was Ken Griffey Jr. Ah, oh, and they were wearing the vests back then. Oh, that was a good one. That was that was a good one. Well, and the funny thing is, you know, I bring up, you know, Bichette. You know, we're looking back at it's been twenty plus years since they were in Denver. It's been thirty since they were in Chicago. Wrigley Field needs another All Star game at some point here. MLB cough, give it to the <laughs> give it to the Cubs at some point. I don't know how I've been back to Wrigley in thirty years, but. Now you're looking at, you know, I'm bringing up names like Dante Bichette. Uh, you've got Vladimir Guerrero. And now we've got their kids on the ballot that we're going to discuss today. So kind of kind of wild that now we've we've come to the full circle moment where uh, we've got some juniors and some sons that are guys that, you know, could make a case to either be a starter or certainly should should be somebody you think about voting for. So uh, it, it makes you feel old certainly validates the gray in the hair, but it, it's kind of fun with the number of next generation guys in the game right now with last names that you recognize uh, that are playing so well that you could have Dante Bichette, you know, one of the early heroes in Rocky's history, have his son playing in Denver. I'm sure he'd get a much more favorable reception than Nolan Arenado. <laughs> uh, it's great, man. There's going to be a bunch of good storylines coming into this all-star game. Obviously, uh, you know, um, with everything that happened originally, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the political stuff here that affected the uh, the move of the game. Uh, again, this is the 91st edition. Um, so, Tab, real quick, before we get into this, what, what's the what's the MLB All-Star game to you? What, what do you think of uh, initially when you when you think of the, uh, the All-Star game here in baseball? I mean, I, I think 
every every sport has an all-star game. I think the NFL is a lot of people throw out now because if you're playing in the championship games or the Super Bowl, um, you're not going to play in it because it's between the AFC and NFC title games and the Super Bowl. Uh, and lots of guys just don't want to go because they're so beat up. So I kind of throw that throw the Pro Bowl out. The NBA All-Star Game has tweaked the format a lot of times recently. So is the NHL. What I love about the baseball All-Star Game is you get the best of the best. You get loaded lineups of the best hitters in the game going up against the best pitchers in the game. You think back to Pedro Martinez just throwing gas past people. Um, you know, you want to see these matchups, and you might get it in the regular season every once in a while. But, you know, if you've got the opportunity to have to watch Jacob deGrom go through Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and then, uh, you know, Aaron Judge and then Rafael Devers or Xander Bogarts or, uh, you know, Marcus Simeon or Jose Abreu, you know, you, you've got a loaded lineup for both sides, and that's what you want to see. You want to see the best pitchers going out there, throwing their best stuff against the best hitters back to back to back to back, and that's what makes it so great. And I think the home run derby is a lot of fun too. You think back to the early 90s when you had, you mentioned Ken Griffey Jr., and then you had the, uh, we'll call them somewhat aided displays by McGuire in Boston and Sosa in Milwaukee, and you just you think back to those great home run derbies that live in people's memories. And we've had some recently with Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Pete Alonso a couple years ago. It's just, it's a lot of really exciting stuff to see what these guys can really do. I'd love to see baseball look at adding some skills competitions like they've got in basketball and hockey, you know, see if outfielders can do the old Tommy Mansky drill and drop it in a bucket <laughs> uh, down at home plate, things like that. I, I'm not advocating for fastest fastball because we don't need any more injuries this year. But I, I just I love watching the best pitchers go against a stack lineup and just stare at each other. And the fact that it's so playful, like these are guys that get along great. You know, a couple years ago they let the guys have phones in the dugout, so they're able to tweet during the game, shoot selfies, and put them up on Instagram, stuff like that. Um. So it, it's it's a lot of fun, and you you have to, I think, when you see some of these guys, either in their first All-Star game after a long career, a young guy making it for the first time, their appreciation for being there. But then when, you know, when you've got multiple generations playing in games like the Guerreros or the Bichettes, there's just the history of the game lives through the All-Star game as much as it does anything else, and it's just it's fun to see them competing. I am glad that they got rid of the stupid rule that the World Series home field is based on who wins it. It's an mm-hmm. exhibition. Let's keep it as such. Yep. Um, but let's. Let, I, I love watching the best of the best go at it, and it's a lot of fun. And the fact that these guys are out there playing like kids, doing their thing, uh, and having fun with each other, it's fun. And, you know, I, I remember I was on the field a few years ago when the Manny Machado getting traded out of Baltimore debacle was unfolding. And, you know, he walked out on the field with Matt Kemp, then of the L.A. Dodgers. Everybody's like, oh, it's a lock. He's going to the Dodgers. Well, he did, but Baltimore didn't trade him until after the All-Star game. And the question this year will be, is Trevor Story that guy, especially in his home ballpark? 
do the Rockies wait until after the All-Star game to trade Trevor Story, their best player, now that Arenado's gone? Uh, or is he representing a different team in about a month's time with uh, with the trade wind starting to blow with some teams trying to figure out who they are, uh, like your Yankees? So it'll be interesting, but it, it's a wonderful event, and it's great for fans. The Fan Fest is always incredible. If you're a fan and you're in the area, go to the Fan Fest. It's awesome. You can buy any baseball card you'd ever wanted. The swag is ridiculous. Great autograph opportunities. They've got some of the best that have ever played showing up, telling great life stories. But the whole thing is about the fans, and that's what it should be. It's an entertainment business, and the All-Star Game for baseball is entertaining. So here's hoping that this year's the voters get it right, and we will try to help them today <laughs> as they fill out their ballot uh, to get the best people there. But it's all, I, I do. I, I appreciate that every team's got somebody there because every fan base then has somebody to watch for and care about. Yeah, especially me. I'm a brand new Milwaukee Brewers fan, so I'm looking forward to see who gets selected from the Brewers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, you know, again, I agree with you. The whole fan experience, and uh, you know, uh, I guess we're very grateful and, and and a little proud of how our country's turned around here too. And, and you're going to have a full house there in Coors Field. Uh, I used to live out in Colorado. Uh, watch quite a few games there. Um, drunk quite a few beers down down the street there at the sports column as well too, and served a few uh, during my time out there. So uh, it, it, this is going to be a great event. Uh, there's nothing like it. Gorgeous, uh, gorgeous yeah, ballpark. It really if is. You're yeah. a road trip person, and you like going to see baseball in ballparks that aren't maybe your home away from home. Can't recommend Coors Field or whatever they call it now in Denver enough. Um, it's gorgeous. The sight lines are beautiful. I, you know, it reminded me of being at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena for football. You got incredible mountainscapes in every direction. Um, and the ball flies. You know, even with the humidor, it still carries a little bit up there. So hopefully we have a high-scoring event like we did in 1998, which that won't make you feel old. But when that <laughs> All-Star game took place, I was a couple of weeks from reporting for my freshman year of college football. <laughs> A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Unbelievable. 98, unbelievable. The full had of hair that was the right color that I started with. <laughs> <laughs> a couple Dude. pounds ago, too. Oh, man. So I was out there in uh, 95, 96, and, uh, you know, before that, and you, you know, everybody knows me and you're big hockey guys, but, you know, and the Rockies were brought into MLB, and, and I, you know, at first I never really got the color scheme, the purple, the white, and the gray, and obviously the, the latest logo for um, – uh, this year's uh, All-Star game is, is absolutely beautiful. But until you actually go out to Colorado and when you see dusk settle and it turns and the mountain range just turns purple and white and gray, it's absolutely incredible. It's just, and I was like, oh, well, there you go. I get it now, man. But you got to experience it. So for me and Ted, well, and, and if we're get honest, out to Rado. You know, the, the Colorado Rockies were a team before the baseball team arrived. There was the old Colorado Rockies hockey team. Yeah, but they didn't have the color scheme, man. They had the no, flag they, color didn't. Scheme. they didn't get that right. And I will say that the purple and black looks good. Yes. It looks good. You're right. The All-Star Game logo for this year is on point. So uh, so we'll, we'll see what it looks like when they actually get on the field. And But it, it's a gorgeous ballpark. If you get a chance, it's worth it. Get out there. Take in some Coors, literally and beverage-wise. And uh, There's a brewery in the ballpark. Treat, it's great. Treat yourself to a ball game. Absolutely. Don't, don't get too Rocky Mountain high because there's a <laughs> lot of stuff going on in Colorado. Uh, but uh, but yeah, make sure that uh, make sure that you put that on your bucket list. Without a doubt, no doubt about it. All right, let's start running down these positions here and, and what we're going to do. And once again, uh, thanks so much for listening to LDR and Line Drive Radio here uh, with me and Tab. 
Um, again, this is our uh, all-star game uh, ballot spectacular uh, that we're doing here today. And uh, a little later on, when we finish things up here, we're going to make our announcement that we promised last week on the announcement that we were making an announcement show, uh, which was last episode. So we'll bring it up a, a little later uh, once we get past probably the DHs here and, and before Tab's fantasy add-on. All right, so let's start at first base here. Um, I guess just get what's why don't we do this tab? Uh, you give us the obvious choices uh, as far as uh, both leagues at first base, American and National, and and then uh, maybe you give us uh, some other guys that should get some consideration. So why don't you take it away there at first base? Yeah, I think we'll start in the American League because I think it's clear that you know, I, I brought his name up a few times before. He'll be a second generation All Star, Vladimir Guerrero Jr is putting up triple crown numbers this year. Uh, you know, 333 average, 18 homers, 47 runs batted in. He's near the top of the game in all three. His 1098 OPS is kind of stupid at this point in June. Like, come on. I mean, and then you watch the kid play in person, and you're like, he hasn't finished puberty yet. What the hell is he going to look like when he actually, you know, gets his body right and figures out what he can actually do? But he's clicking right now. He's one of the most exciting players in the game to watch. I think he's the, he's the as at least if you're looking at the stats, the guy that most people point to as the easy choice in the American League. National League not as easy this year. Uh, a lot of the usual suspects that people would just go ahead and lock in, not having the best years. Freddie Freeman's only batting; he's under 230 with a batting average. He's got the 13 knocks, but. The, you know, the production hasn't been as consistent from Freeman. Paul Goldschmidt's only got seven home runs right now, and the Cardinals aren't, you know, really, you know, hammering the ball. Anthony Rizzo's dealt with some back issues. He's only got five home runs right now. So, you know, those three guys, I think, you know, Joey Votto's only batting 226. I think it's, you know, not a shock to say that his best days are behind him, but I think those are four guys that a lot of people have very comfortably and easily checked the box next to. You know, Pete Alonso is another young guy. He's missed some time with an injury himself. He's only got seven knocks, and this is a guy that has light tower power. So, you know, I, I don't think that there's a clear cut in the National League this year. Uh, but in the American League, I think it's easy. You look at Vladdy, uh, he's the easy choice. But I, I don't think that you should only vote for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because there's some other folks that are worthy of your vote as well. All right, it's uh, no doubt. It's just a... It's, um... I hear what you're saying there on the National League. It's a, it's a, it's a wild crop and in, in, in terms of talent and everything else, and we'll see uh, where this these votes go. I mean, I think that's also the fun thing. I mean, you know, you can what we're going to discuss here in predictions and everything else, but when it all pans out um, on the votes themselves, uh, that's also the fun stuff too to see how these stuff these tough decisions that you can bring up here with the uh, um, with respect to others being uh, selected, how it's going to uh, round out. All right, let's jump over to second base here. Um, American League and National League, take it away, Tab, in terms of uh, who your obvious choices you think should be. Well, again, this is where it, I, I think it starts to get a little tricky because, you know, I don't know that there's, you know, an absolute obvious choice in either league at second base. My pick in the American League would be Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays. You could have a starting right side of the infield that's completely from Toronto. Simeon obviously signed a one-year deal, bet on himself, leaving Oakland after a number of years, worked so hard to make it go from being just an absolute dumpster fire defensively to being a really good player, uh, playing second base in Toronto now, 294 average with 13 jacks, 
32 runs batted in and 895 OPS. He's having a really nice year. Um, you know, Jose Altuve uh, is having a pretty good year. It, yeah. You know, Sorry, there's a couple the Yankee fans game. here in the uh, studio. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them in there. Uh, but, you know, he's got the batting average north of 300. He's got 27 runs batted in and 835 OPS. I think those are probably a couple guys that a lot of people would look at. But I think you should also give a lot of consideration to Whit Merrifield of Kansas City. Again, a team that's not having a great year. But Whit's having a really strong campaign. He's playing all over the field for them. A little outfield, a little second base. Uh, 733 OPS. He's got 35 runs batted in. So he's having a nice year. And then uh, I'm going to throw this one in there in the American League. Uh, not only because... He's becoming a bit of a cult hero in Chicago, but he's also my middle son's favorite player right now, Nicky Madrigal. Nicky Two Strikes, as he's known in Chicago. Nice. Who has maybe the most insane uh, pitch recognition in baseball that nobody talks about. His, he, he just he, he, If he takes the bat off his shoulder, he almost never misses. <laughs> it's not always fair, but uh, this is a little guy. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he probably one of the few guys on the ballot that's shorter than Altuve. But he's got a 306 average. He's got two home runs. I've joked in the past that him hitting a home run off your ace is more disrespectful than your mean Mercedes hitting a <laughs> home run on a 3-0 count off your backup catcher. Um, but he's got 20 RBI. He's been a really, really good uh, addition this year, full-time at second base for the Chicago White Sox, batting second, batting ninth. Uh, but, he, again, when we talk about what the issues with the Yankees are, Madrigal's a guy who do, who's old school. I mean, watching him put the ball in play is like watching Rod Carew or Wade Boggs. He just finds a hole and slaps it through. And so uh, I'm going to give He's a line Nicky, driver. We like those line drivers here. Yeah, a little punch and Judy every once in a while, a couple duck snorts here and there. But uh, Nick Madrigal, uh, give, him some, give him some love because he's, he's fascinating. National League, uh, I absolutely love Jazz Chisholm in Miami. Rookie, blowing the world up. Uh, he's missed a little bit of time with a couple injuries this year, but seven homer, 16 RBI in limited action, 809 OPS. He's a lot of fun to watch. If you've got to have a Marlin, I would say it's either Jazz Chisholm or Jesus Aguilar at first base, who actually has the National League lead in RBI right now, and nobody talks about him. Um, I think the easy name to vote for in the National League is usually in Ozzy Albies. He's having a good year with 37 runs batted in, but the guy that I would submit my vote for uh, and again, we've talked about making sure that teams are all represented. Uh, and Jez Chisholm could be a Miami representative, though you might want to cast that ballot for Aguilar at first base. Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates, batting 332, only two home runs. So he's in that Nick Madrigal class of minimal power. But 23 runs batting, 865 OPS. This guy just makes contact. He gets on base, runs the bases well. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and advocate that uh, you cast your ballot for Adam Frazier. There's a few other guys. You know, Ryan McMahon could be a Rockies pick. Gavin Lux has been nice for the Dodgers. Um, he probably could make a case for Nico Horner if he hadn't been out for as long as he has been. But I'm going to say cast your ballots at second base. Let, let's give it to Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's get a bucko out there. And I think he's your guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to see a, a, a pirate on the field, um, you know, would be a great thing in terms of uh, possibly winning something, you know. <laughs> Bring back the pillbox caps, too. <laughs> Bring back the late 70s Dave Parker pillbox hats, the Kenta Culvey's. Kenta Culvey, one of my favorite baseball names of all time. Bring Love them it. back. 
Bring but yeah, if, you, if you're going to vote for a pirate, I think Adam Frazier's your guy. Yeah, that's it. I like it. I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm sorry. Did you men- mention Colton Wong at all? I have not mentioned Colton Wong. Uh, having a nice year. Look, the Brewers are an interesting team because their pitching has been so good, but the offense really hasn't been there. Um, Wong is a terrific defensive second baseman, certainly worthy of a vote. Your uh, newly adopted Milwaukee Brewers, yes, yeah, former St. Louis Cardinal, <laughs> uh, solid 280 average. Again, not a lot of power at the second base position. Uh, fifth, only 15 runs batted in, four homers, but the offense really hasn't done much in Milwaukee with Christian Yelich dealing with a lot up there this season. But he's another guy that's worthy of your consideration. I think Milwaukee will have at least two, if not three, pitchers there. So I don't think that Milwaukee will hurt for an All-Star Game representative as much as certainly Pittsburgh might. Uh, and if I was going to vote for the best second baseman in the National League right now, I would still stick with the guy in Pittsburgh. But Colton Wong, definitely worth your consideration. Volt. Vote. See, I said vote for Colton. See how see how much I am invested in Colton Wong here? Vote for Colton Wong, ladies and gentlemen. Make your brand-new bandwagon Milwaukee Brewers fan happy here at Line Drive Radio. All right, Tab, let's run over to shortstop now. And, uh, man, there's a couple of very high-priced, high-paid, high-talented, highfalutin shortstops in the game today, no doubt about it. And we're going to definitely have uh, some of the goods here at this All-Star game, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you're looking at the American League, I think the sexy pick is probably Bo Bichette. I think it would be a great storyline for him to go you know, start the All-Star game in the ballpark that uh, his father helped build um i think that the ovation that he'd get with his last name would be exceptional he's one of the most exciting young shortstops in the game uh, there are some other guys in the american league that i think you could probably make a, a pretty good case to vote for tim anderson won the batting title with the white Sox. Uh, he's missed some time because of injury but he's having a nice year uh if you want to make sure that the texas rangers are represented represented in the game this year isaiah kiner falifa uh, who actually you know does a little catching as well as playing shortstop. He's got a nice 284 average with 23 runs batted in right now. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think a lot of people look at Glaber Torres for this, but the you know only three home runs from Glaber isn't quite doing it for me. Ed Alberto Mondesi, another son of a former All Star, uh, has really gaudy numbers right now: 360 average and a 1080 OPS. But he's been injured most of the year. I think he's back on the shelf right now. So. Hard to vote for him. Carlos Correa, guy, you know, we've talked at length on this show about the shortstop free agent class. He's in that. He's having a great year with 10 home runs, 32 runs batted in, 280 average. But as much as I want to see Bo Bichette in the All-Star game, if I've already voted for Vladdy and I've already voted for Simeon, can't give it to another Blue Jay. Uh, I'm going to roll to Boston here and give it to Xander Bogarts. He's got a 318 average, 912 OPS, 36 runs batted in, 10 home runs. He's having a really strong year for the for the Red Sox. So I'm going to go with him on the National League side of things. Um, I think the elephant in the room that we'll just call out right now, Francisco Lindor, got his massive payday, $1 million more than Fernando Tatis Jr. on the gross dollar amount. But the 218 average, I mean, he has really scuffled to start the season, start his career in New York. Um, I think he'd be the first to tell you that you probably shouldn't vote for him. I think you'll still get a lot of votes because he's Francisco Lindor and he's in New York. Um, Trevor Story, again, you know, Colorado's got to have a representative. I think a lot of people want him to be there because the trade conversations will be heating up hot at that point. 
But I think there are three guys that you should be casting your vote for at shortstop this year in the National League. Trey Turner is having a marvelous season in Washington. 311 average, 10 home runs, 29 runs banned, and 845 OPS. One of the most exciting guys in baseball, and he's really figured it out, and he's been able to stay healthy. So love me some Trey Turner. My guy, Javier Baez, among the National League leaders with 39 runs batted in. The batting average went from my college playing weight to my mid to late 30s body weight at 240. Um, 14 jacks, a 757 OPS. El Mago is one of the most exciting players in baseball. I think it would be great to see him. I'd love to see him in the home run derby, uh, cranking off in, in the Mile High City. But the vote should go to Fernando Tatis Jr., two stints on the injured list. Still 17 home runs, 39 runs batted in. Batting average just a shade under 300, a 1058 OPS. And look, the great thing at shortstop is you've got all these exciting names to choose from. But if I'm casting my ballot today, uh, which I might, I've already cast it with one email address, but you can cast it five times with each email. And I've got a work email, so here we go. Uh, (laughs) Fernando Tatis Jr. in the National League, Xander Bogarts in the American League. I tell you, man, you, you, you speak in names. Imagine if this, uh, you know, you can take out Joey Wendell and Carlos Carrera and Tim Anderson. But, man, if, uh, you know, if this was your wedding party, Xander, Bo, Alberto, Isaiah, uh, Fernando, and Javier, and Trey. I mean, it's just some great first names there, let alone right here in this shortstop position. You're, you're somewhere between a frat party and an ABBA album. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it's uh, – but, no, look, I mean, shortstop right now for my money is as deep at any position as it's ever been. I didn't even bring up Corey Seager, the World Series MVP, who's not having, you know, the best season in the world. But, you know, Brandon Crawford should probably get a look too. He's got 37 runs batted in for the first-place Giants. But shortstop is just absolutely loaded. So uh, good luck casting your ballots there. Gave you my picks, a few names for you to consider. But uh, but you really can't go wrong with any of a handful of names there, and the game will be exciting because of it. Yeah, 100% agree there. No doubt about it. All right, as Abbott would say to Costello, let's go to third base. Um, what do you got there? Your obvious choices here in the American and National League here. Um, I, I see here on your notes that me and you had a pre, pre-show here. Uh, not as big a list as, say, the other uh, areas. Uh, I mean, the other positions, I have to say, areas. Yeah, positions. I mean, I, look, in the American League, again, I, I made the point that I didn't want to go with more than two Blue Jays on the infield. So I, I kept the right side from uh, Toronto. I think the left side is going to be all Boston. Uh, sorry, Yankees folks, but you're going to have, on, at least on my ballot, four other American League East Guys, Rafael Devers, 917 OPS, 48 runs, better than 15 jacks. He's been terrific for them. You've got some other guys that in recent years have had all sorts of consideration that are not having great years. Matt Chapman might win the gold glove, but his batting average is down this year. He's only got five jacks. Josh Donaldson and the disappointing Minnesota Twins, it's hard to make a case for him. Uh, I would also, you know, Anthony Rendon, again, he's been banged up a lot of the year, so I'm not sure that. Based on sample size and the performance thus far, I give him a vote. Jose Ramirez and Cleveland worthy of a vote, though, with 13 jacks and 31 runs batted in. Yon Mancata on the south side of Chicago with a 294 average and 855 OPS. He's doing his thing. He's another guy that I think if you're looking for 
infielders and home run derby. He could be a guy that does some damage out there. And Alex Bregman, I know we hate bringing up the Astros garbage can situation and all, but Bregman's still one of the best. And uh, with his 29 RBI and 812 OPS, he's a guy that I think will be show up on a lot of ballots. But I'm going Rafael Devers in the American League. Nationally, I think there's two guys at the top of the list, and I'll, I'll get to them in a minute. I think Eduardo Escobar, if you got to have a Diamondback, 14 homers and 41 RBIs, he's worthy of a of, of some time. I think Evan Longoria, unfortunately, looks like he might not be healthy for the All Star game, but he's been probably the most valuable bat in San Francisco this year. 892 OPS. Austin Riley has really turned a corner and become a star with the Braves, 305 average with 10 jacks and 903 OPS. Justin Turner's having his usual solid season. Um, you know, Josh Fuentes, if you're looking for a Rocky, uh, he's an interesting guy with 27 runs batted in. But I'm going to, you know, if you look at the top of the list, there are two names that you should be splitting hairs between. And it's two rivals, uh, at least on the field when they're playing against each other. Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals and Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs. And my vote, not only because I'm in Chicago, but because I think he's had a better season and the numbers tend to lean that way is Chris Bryant. Uh, he's got more home runs, 13 to 11. Uh, Arenado's got a slight edge with 40 runs batted into Bryant's 38. Bryant's actually got a 976 OPS to Arenado's 855. And Bryant's 309 average is a shade over 20 points better than Arenado. Chris Bryant is back playing at an MVP caliber level for the Chicago Cubs. He's one of the big reasons that the Cubs are half game behind the Brewers right now. Your uh, adopted Milwaukee Brewers uh, in the central, but I am casting my vote happily and uh, very much deservingly for Chris Bryant at third base in the national league this year. Fun fact though, if Josh Fuentes gets a nod for the Rockies, he took over at third base for Arenado when Arenado was traded, Fuentes is actually Arenado's cousin. So I had a little family blockage happening until Arenado got traded out of town mm. to make room for his uh, his cousin to get a crack at the bigs. He had a nice minor league career. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going Chris Bryant over Nolan Arenado at third base in the National League and Rafael Devers from the Boston Red Sox. So two Red Sox on the left side of the American League infield, uh, two Toronto Blue Jays on the right side of the infield, and a nice hodgepodge in the National League. I'd say go Jesus Aguilar at first base. Uh, I would say go with, uh, you know, my, uh, I guess, adopted pick-to-click in Pittsburgh, Adam Frazier to get a Pittsburgh Pirate out there. Go with uh, the uh, man, the myth, the legend, Fernando Tatis Jr. at short, Chris Bryant at third. So a little more variety in the National League than the American League. But when you look at the records, it's hard to make a case that you shouldn't vote that way. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. It's a nice lineup. It's a, it's a sassy, it's a sassy lineup. There's no doubt about it. I like it. Um, we're gonna go to catches here, Tab. You know, the catching position here in, uh, in the National League to me has always been interesting because you know, all the different pitchers that are coming in, uh, how long they pitch, the different styles, and everything else in terms of. Um, you know, who's coming in there. And, and you, you know the relationship between catchers and pitchers, their main guys who catches them on game days and everything else. Um, pretty good crop coming in here too as well as far as choices. But y- your take on the catcher position during the All-Star game. Well, you, you've got to have more than one, obviously. But the hard thing is making sure that you've got guys there who are worthy of the spot, 
Um, and right now there are there's some great players, but you're not having a lot of really strong seasons behind the plate. Um, I think the best offensive catcher and defensive catcher in either league right now, best overall, uh, is Salvi Perez in Kansas City. He'd be my vote in the American League. Um, no, we we talked already today about Gary Sanchez has more issues than Sports Illustrated. Uh, the other guy that I would say is a fascinating one to consider is Yasmani Grandal of the White Sox. When you pull the back of his baseball card right now, he's got a 153 batting average, to which you say, why the hell would you vote for a guy batting 153? He has, an eight, he has an 807 OPS. The guy is walking like 12 times a week. People just aren't throwing him strikes, and he's showing plate discipline. He's got nine jacks and 21 runs batted in. So the power's coming. He's productive, but they're just not throwing him anything to hit. So I would imagine that that average starts to escalate and his batting average on balls in play starts to climb a little bit. But, you know, it's hard to vote for a guy with a 153 average, but when you pull the rest of the numbers, uh, certainly a case can be made there. Christian Vasquez in Boston's a terrific catcher. I think you could make a great case for him too. Sean Murphy's a young guy in Oakland who you could easily vote for as well. But I'm going Salvi Perez in the American League. National League is, is kind of fascinating right now. Uh, I'm actually, you, you got a couple OGs and then you got some young guys. Um, Georgie Alfaro could be a real fun pick if you're looking for a, a Miami Marlin. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure how many Colombian born players have been an all star, if any. Uh, certainly haven't been voted a starter. Uh, he's got a 238 average with seven runs bad, and then he's done a nice job with the pitching staff in Miami. But if you want to get Columbia, to the all-star game. Georgie Alfaro, an interesting guy. I've talked to him a few times in the past. Wonderful guy. Uh, was a big part of the JT Real Muto trade uh, when Pittsburgh or uh, Philly acquired him from Miami. Real Muto's having a good year, but he's missed a lot of time because of that broken hand issue in spring training. Will Smith, the young guy who really burst on the scene in the playoffs for the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I think Yadi Molina, you can make a case for him every year. Um, Wilson Contreras, maybe the best defense catcher in the National League right now, is nine home runs, 24 runs batted in, and a 781 OPS. Good case for him. If you're looking for another opportunity to vote for a Pittsburgh Pirate, Jacob Stallings is having a nice season. But I'm going to go with two OGs with my votes this year at catcher, Salvador Perez in the American League and Buster Posey in the National League. I've alluded to the Giants, you know, hanging on to first place in the National League West. They handle their business against the first place Cubs over the weekend. Posey's having a renaissance here after opting out with the pandemic last year. 994 OPS, 10 home runs, 333 batting average. Uh, he has really bounced back, and I think that's a big reason that the Giants are playing as well as they are. Uh, and I think it would be great for him as, you know, he's on the back nine of his career to get one more crack at it. So I would go Salvador Perez. And Buster Posey with my votes behind the dish for the like All-Star it. game this year. I'm with you on Buster Posey, man. Six-time All-Star already. Three-time champ there with the uh, the Gents. Um, National League MVP. But he's, he, he's building a real nice Hall of Fame resume he behind the plate. He surely is, man. Unbelievable. Hank Aaron Award, comeback player of the year in 2012. Batting champion, National League in 2012-2. Gordon Spike Award, Dick Hauser Trophy. He's pretty much won it all. And um, I mean, think about it, he was an MVP nine years ago. Crazy, right? And here he is betting 333. And I think you have to bring his name up if the Giants can stay relevant in the National League West and stay 
at least in the contention to win that division. I think Posey's going to be a name that starts to get a little MVP heat uh, as we go down the stretch here. But it, certainly I would vote for him to start the All-Star game. I vote for him just because of his name, Buster. I love it, you know. Mm. And also he was born in 1987, which is the year I graduated high school. Oh. oh, man, it's a long time ago. Well, and, and for Cubs fans out there, that was the year that Andre Dawson was an MVP on the last place Chicago Cubs after the collusion contract that he wrote and handed on the, the Cubs to sign. Wow, tab on the spot there. So there you go. But, yeah, Buster Posey, let, let, let's get him to the game. Let's get Salvi Perez to the game, and let's watch him call a good game and hit the ball. They'll contribute offensively, and they'll call a great game and – you know, maybe not throw guys out because it's the all-star game, but they'll certainly bring it on both ends. So Posey Salvador Perez. I like sponsored it. Sponsored by the letter P. <laughs> Let's have great talent and great names here in the all-star game. All right. So that's uh, our picks there or your picks or your, your choices, your, 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 our picks for, for catchers here on LDR and the all-star ballot box. All right, man, it's time to go out to the outfield. Did you? Uh, Where did you play, Tab, when you were younger? Did you play out in the outfield? Were you an infielder? Or were you throwing heat? What were you catching? What were you doing? Well, so here's the fun thing. Uh, until everybody was taller than me when I was 10 years old, a uh, little first base, dependable hands. Uh, and then when I became uh, faster than folks, and I'm a little bit of a baseball nerd, uh, I matriculated to the natural uh, quasi-Craig Biggio uh, hybrid of catcher center fielder i like it so uh caught a caught a few guys one one guy ended up playing d1 basketball another guy was a d1 baseball player in my teenage years uh dave west is a great dude who went on a, a fine career at duke and uh, brian wardle one of the all-time leading scorers at marquette were among some of the pitchers that i caught back in the day uh, but yeah, catcher center fielder hybrid. So a little bit of an outfield eye for it. Right, now, as far as uh, you know, Baggio's concerned, um, who was uh, who was the other guy? Was it him? It was a guy in the Astros years ago? I should know this. It's terrible because I used to love his stance. He used to get really low down into the uh, into the batter's box. They've had a few guys with goofy stances. Jose Cruz had a had one that was pretty unique. Jeff Bagwell was the one that Bagwell, looked like he was sitting it. on a. Looked like he was sitting on a stool. Bagwell, uh, yep. That's you know, it. one of the one of the one of the great trade mistakes in league history is a Boston guy who got drafted by the Red Sox and they traded him for bullpen help. Not that you know I should throw shade from Chicago since the <laughs> White Sox traded Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields, but Ooh. oopsie daisy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no Bagwell, Biggio, uh, they had uh, you know Lance Berkman. From as I once heckled him from the bleachers at Wrigley Field, fine product of Minute Rice University in Texas. Uh, I told him that he, it was Minute Rice because it took him a minute to run to first base. He laughed and threw me a ball because he thought it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had the Killer Bees down there. Derek Bell was part of the Killer Bees at one point. Moises Alou had a nice run with the Astros. They were a fun team back in the day, and when you go back and look at Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout performance in 98, again, the last year that the All-Star game was in Colorado, that lineup was so good, and he was just throwing Frisbees. So how he did 20 strikeouts and what should have been a no-hitter, it should have been an error on Kevin Ory at third base, um, that Houston had some really, really good, fun lineup. But, yeah, Bagwell and Biggio, both in Cooperstown together, 
but I think Biggio is one of those most one of the most fascinating players in my lifetime in Major League Baseball. That he was an All Star as a catcher, and then an All Star as a second baseman. Played really well in center field as well at the end of his career. Just a versatile guy who loved playing the game and grinded. And he's the kind of guy that I think the Yankees would kill for right now. Like just a dude that's going to make contact and put the ball all over the field. But uh, yeah, and he's another one. He's got a son on the ballot. Kevin Biggio, another Toronto Blue Jay, one of their, you know, drafting names that you recognize. You know, they got Guerrero and Biggio and Bichette. Uh, and let's not sell out Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who I think could you could make a case for him here if you're looking at outfielders. Uh, Lourdes and Yuli Gurriel, also an all-star consideration at first base. Their father is one of the all-time greatest players in Cuba, uh, kind of the, you know, almost the Hank Aaron of Cuba. So uh, they've got a, a nice lineage of baseball families up in Toronto. But, yeah, Biggio was fun to watch, and he and Bagwell did their thing for a long time. It's a shame they didn't get a ring. Though you don't have to ask ESPN about it because the 05 White Sox never happened, according to ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Their a trip. Their graphics when he... department's never seen a White Sox game. <laughs> Oh man, it's a, you know it's a trip about the Astros too. All that talent over the years, they never won one, and then they won they even the one they won here in 2017. You know, was marked by so much controversy. Uh, you know, yeah. you think about uh, you know obviously when the Mets were were winning the when they won the World Series in '86, and that epic uh, playoffs they had with the Astros that year was just unbelievable. Oh. Um, well, and, and I think one of the guys that people forget in Astros history who would certainly. Uh, have probably been in the Hall of Fame track if health didn't derail his career, which is incredibly sad as J.R. Richards. I mean, that guy threw absolute gas. And when they, you know, when you're talking Nolan Ryan and Mike Scott, I mean, yep. the pitching that they had in Houston back in the early mid 80s was just ludicrous. Insane. And great jerseys and the old Astrodome oh, yeah. ballpark. Oh, the Astrodome. I, I did get to a game in the Astrodome. Oh, wow. Not uh, fair. So I, I was able to see a game in that. Uh, towards the end of its life uh not quite the urinal cake that the tampa bay rays play in but certainly not a modern baseball facility by any stretch of the imagination oh, man. <laughs> i always envision it as like walking into like you know epcot or something but without the uh you know the, the, there's some dull dark gray spots there when you walk well, and the crazy epcot. thing is the astrodome sits right across the parking lot from the stadium that the houston texans play in so when I was down there for the Final Four a few years ago, you could walk in the suite level. You walk over to the windows, and you could still see the thing. Wow, still sitting there. So I don't know what exactly, you know, if they've got any plans for it. It's certainly not the landmark that Wrigley is, but uh, but yeah, the Astrodome was a fun one. And yeah, if they bring back those old, uh, you know, striped uniforms, I'd be here for it. The old Jose Cruz unis, love them. <laughs> yeah, those were those were hot in a bad way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very bad way. All right, so um, in the outfield here, what do you got for us, American National, as far as your obvious choices, and then uh, give everybody else some uh, considerations for other options here on the ballot box. Right, well, I'm going to throw your Yankees some love. Uh, if you've got to have a Yankee there other than Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge is the only bat that's worth it this year, uh, and he's holding up his end of the bargain, 938 OPS, 295 average, 14 And he's jacks. a good-looking kid. And he's tall. I mean, I think we want the photo op of him and Altuve playing together again. Um, you know, the long and short of it, it's like the movie Twins with Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, Aaron Judge would be one of my picks in the American League. But then you, you kind of start looking around, and, and there's a lot of names that you could realistically choose from. And so I'm going to offer a few names that, again, in the mindset that we want to have every team represented, um, there are some names that are worthy of your vote that would check a box for a team as well. Uh, one of our early fantasy picks to click on this show, again, send all of your money and you know our percentage of your winnings at the end of the season. Uh, if you need to have a Baltimore Oriole in the game, uh, please, please, please consider voting for Trey Mancini. I think if he were able to get to the game, it would be an incredible story. He's putting up good numbers at first base, coming back from cancer. It would be awesome. But Cedric Mullins is the real deal in Baltimore. 322 average, nine homers, 923 OPS. One of those picks to click that we proudly will go back to all year because he keeps holding up his end of the bargain. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to give him a vote. And then the other one, uh, as, as I love to throw shade at, you know, the team in St. Louis, another guy who got away from them, not uh, the name that I think everybody made fun of St. Louis for giving up on too early, Randy Arozarena, but Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers who's up there on the leaderboard, 16 home runs, 42 runs batted in an 863 OPS. Uh, this is a dude that is a lot of fun to watch play. Uh, he's If you got to have a Ranger at the game, I would vote him over Joey Gallo. He's better than Gallo on average. More home runs, more runs batted in, better OPS. So I'd go Adolis Garcia as your third outfielder. So Cedric Mullins, Adolis Garcia. And Aaron Judge, you know, there are a few other guys. Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, certainly worth Given a look, I think Ramon Laureano, maybe the best defensive center fielder in the American League out in Oakland, definitely worth uh, giving him a look. Uh, Kyle Tucker in Houston's having a really good year. Crazy that Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox, who's a first baseman by trade, is actually on the ballot as an outfielder. Uh, Alex Verdugo, who is one of the centerpieces of the Mookie Betts trade going to Boston, has a nice 8-11 OPS right now. So you got a few names I think that you could very easily choose from. Again, probably don't want to click on Jared Kalanick unless you just want to throw shade both at the Mets for trading him and the Mariners for it blowing up in their face. Um, but I'm gonna my my three picks in the American League: Adolis Garcia, Aaron Judge, and Cedric Mullins. On the National League side of things, it, again, a little bit of a uh, there's some easy names to grab this year. And then you get a couple in, and you're like, okay, now what? Ronald Acuna Jr. should be there. Not even a question. He's one of the – he and Tatis are probably the two most exciting guys, must-see TV, as far as, like, the under-25 age group, 17 jacks, 35 runs better than 984 OPS. I want to see him going Garrett Cole first pitch of the bottom of the first inning all day, every day. Um, uh, name that you might not consider, but he should absolutely get your vote right out of the gate. Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati Reds. You need to have a red there. Jesse Winker absolutely having an MVP caliber season for the lowly Reds. 350 batting average, 17 home runs. He's got two three-homer games already this year. The most ever was by Sammy Sosa, who only had three three-homer games in a season. So he's got, whatever, four months to come up with another one. 37 runs bat in a 1077 OPS. So he's worth it. Uh, and then and then you have to start looking for who do you want to see in the game. Ramel Tapia, the Rockies, I think you can make a case for him. 280 average, 31 runs bad in. If Trevor Story's not getting your vote, it's short. Maybe Tapia gets a vote. 
I would love to see Juan Soto in the middle of that National League lineup. Um, injuries slowed the start of his season. Still 278 average, not what you expect from him. Seven homers, not quite what you were looking for. But the 857 OPS and the 25 RBI and limited run, I think, make him worthy of a vote there as well. Uh, Kettle Marte, future center fielder of the New York Yankees, uh, 382 batting average, 1023 OPS. He's worth a vote too. Um, if I'm going based strictly on, on Trent Grisham, I can't leave him out with a 301 average. Injuries have hurt him this year, 898 OPS as well. If I, Nick Castellanos also, I won't miss his name, uh, even with the suspension that led to a billboard outside of the Reds' ballpark for taunting. Love Castellanos. Wish the Cubs had kept him. 359 average with 12 jacks, 31 runs bad, and 1042 OPS. But if I'm if I'm voting based strictly on performance this year, I'm going to vote for Jesse Winker, Ronald Acuna Jr., and I. As much as it kills me to not vote for Juan Soto, I'm going to vote for Kettle Marte with that 382 average. He's a guy that I think gets dealt. Like I said, my money is that he's the center fielder for the Yankees before the deadline. Um, either him or Starling Marte of the Marlins, another guy that you could vote for. But I, I'm going to go Kettle Marte, Jesse Winker, and Ronald Acuna Jr. in the National League. So maybe not the household names that you are expecting, but if you're voting based on track record, again, Mike Trout's not going to be able to be there. Um, you know, some other guys are not having the year that you'd want. So you've got some non-household names that should be playing on the national stage, and I think that they'll probably end up being there. But I would vote for Cedric Mullins and Adolis Garcia off the off the radar in the American League and off the radar in the National League. First of all, Kettle Marte, phenomenal player. has been around for a while. He should be on your radar, but he's probably not because he's in Arizona. And Jesse Winker should be on your radar because he's certainly going to be on the MVP ballots, especially if they were cast today. Uh, but I would go Jesse Winker as well. Uh, you're not talking Christian Yelich's of the world right now. You're not talking Giancarlo Stanton's of the world right now. Uh, but you've got some guys that are having big breakout seasons that are worthy of your vote. So go ahead and find them when you're putting together your outfield this year. Yeah, you know, you can't go wrong with Aaron Judge because, um, you know, you want to have a Yankee in the lineup, especially out in the outfield, because it just makes your whole team, your whole roster look good. There's nothing better than a handsome Yankee in your lineup for the All-Star game. Um, and it's all about aesthetics. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Forget about what's going on on the field there. Um, yeah, we're, I, I, you know, just uh, on the side note there with Kettle Morte and the, and the buzz here about him possibly becoming a Yankee is, uh, is some good stuff, too. Uh, I'd like uh, Castellanos to get in there, too, because I, I love the big personalities. Um, so I think that'd be a lot of fun if he, uh, oh, yeah. if he ended up there, too. And look, man, if Jesse Winker doesn't get voted, and depending on the, rest, the way the rest of his uh, season, his career goes, he's definitely got a name for country music. If he wants to pick yes, up the guitar. Absolutely. You know, the new single by Jesse Winker, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> on Nashville now. I can see it. I can hear it, man. It's all good oh, stuff. Heck yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot of talent here, man. Um, not easy choices. And, you know, we're, we're running down here, and obviously the fans get to pick the starting lineups. And, and we've talked about this, tab too, you know, doing this podcast, uh, you know, just being excited about the players in the league now. And, you know, with COVID and quarantine and now sports coming back and people back in the stands, which we've been able to visually watch with our eyes on TV now. And if you haven't gotten out to a game yet and seen people experience it and just loving being back at the ballpark, 
you know, and, and here we are. We're, we're wrapping things up here as we head to the DH position here. But um, I'm actually going to, you know, I think the amount of votes is going to be something that I'm going to be interested in looking at there, Tab, as far as yep. uh, fan interest back into baseball, which we, like I said, we talked about here on Line Drive Radio. We think uh, as far as talent and everything else, and we know there's a, a brutal CBA coming up down the road, but um, the future of baseball looks so damn good here. Uh, not only in, in cool names, but uh, talented players, incredible, uh, um, you know, salaries and all that other stuff. But that, to me, Tab, is going to be something I'm going to look for is how many votes they got here um, for all these players just to see what the, uh, you know, if the, if the real buzz is back. And, and also something to do with, you know, the, the political side that happened with the All-Star game getting moved and everything else. I think that's just going to be an interesting maybe stat to look at in terms of how, how the fans voted and how much, how many people voted. Absolutely, and it'll be. I think it'll be most telling in what the vote totals are for players from the Braves. With the game getting pulled out of Atlanta, we'll see if they lag behind in the ballot box. Also, interesting stuff. Absolutely, didn't look at it that way too. But uh, yeah, I mean, these are all different uh, points here that everybody should kind of uh, just to check into once it's all said and done. Again, uh, you're going to have just an incredible uh, pair of rosters here uh, for this game. Either way, all right. So uh, let's go to the DH spot, and uh, you know. You, you've trimmed this list down pretty small, too. So I'm going to let you introduce your, your obvious and your other picks for this position. Yeah, and look, there, there's no DH in the National League this year. This might be the last All-Star game where you don't have National League DHs on the ballot. I think that'll be fixed in the CBA this winter. Um, I think we've talked about a few guys. Castellanos they're going to forget about the DH. Ted, you know they're going to forget about the. They're going to intentionally forget about the DH in the national. No, the owners will probably screw around and try and get something for something that should be obvious. But I mean, at DH, there are some guys that are having really good seasons that are totally worth your vote. Um, if you have to have a Minnesota twin there, obviously Nelson Cruz is the OG at the position, uh, not having the year that he would like. Neither are the Twins. I don't think it's his fault. 858 OPS, 25 runs batted in. Uh, Jordan Alvarez down in Houston, one of the really exciting young power hitters in the game. 294 average with an 830 OPS, seven home runs, 28 runs batted in. He's a good one. I already mentioned Lourdes Gurriel Jr. with Toronto, who's actually a phenomenal outfielder, a shortstop by trade who moved to the outfield because they've got so many infielders. Um, J.D. Martinez is having an outstanding season based on numbers alone i would vote for jd martinez with a 321 average he's bounced back from a miserable last year 12 homers 39 runs been 958 ops austin meadows is worth looking at from tampa with 14 jacks and 48 runs batted in um my guy your mean mercedes is on the ballot uh, though he hasn't though he hasn't hit the ball in about four weeks um <laughs> I'd he like wants to, to be in the home run derby, man. I, I would love to have him in the home run derby with, I mean, have you seen the chain that he's wearing right now? It looks like he's got the met the gold medallion that Indiana Jones used in the map room hanging around his neck. It's amazing. Um, so lots of really good names at DH in the American league. Like I said, if I was voting based on just the numbers, which again, at other positions I've advocated voting based on the numbers, made a big point about that with the outfield, it would be J.D. Martinez. I'm not voting for J.D. Martinez in the outfield. I am selfish, Paul. I am no, a very selfish on. baseball fan, and I have one request this year in a National League ballpark. 
I want Shohei Otani to be the starting pitcher for the, with all due respect to Garrett Cole. I want Shohei Otani to start the game on the mound and with a bat in his hand. He's got a 920 OPS, 16 home runs, 42 runs batted in. He's one of the most dynamic players in baseball. I want to see him again. It's about entertainment value. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking all year about Shohei Otani doing something that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. He's a dynamic bat and he's a lights out pitcher. And you know what? You're going to have multiple guys slide into that DH spot. So what's the point of having, a, you know, one guy in the spot? If you're going to rotate him through anyway, probably going to have more than one. Maybe Austin Meadows gets an invite from Tampa. Maybe JD ends up there anyway. I'm voting for Shohei Otani as the DH. I want to see him with a bat in his hand in the first inning and the ball in his hand in the first inning as well. Give me Shohei as the DH and a starting pitcher for the American League. One of the main reasons me and you get along so well is because I'm absolutely just as selfish as you are. And I agree 1,000% on Shohei getting in there and, and doing the double duty there for him. You have to do it. He's, he's made so many – he's been a part of so many weekly headlines in MLB throughout the course of the beginning of the season here. In, he, he's a walking right highlight reel. And exactly. It's just, again, it's entertainment. And I think it would be great for the game – especially when we're talking about the National League adding a DH and permanently taking the bat out of pitchers' hands. Um, there are some guys in Major League Baseball right now who have done both at the collegiate level, who have toyed with the idea of doing both as a professional. Brennan McKay down in Tampa, um, Jake Cronenworth, who could be a vote you know, from the Padres as a middle infielder. Um, but Shohei's doing both right now, and he's doing both at an incredibly high level. So I want to see the first inning. I want to see Shohei swing the bat and then take the ball to the mound. So yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm all in on the Shohei train. I want to see it, and I think he's worthy of it. So let's do it. And I think it would be a really nice way to kind of close the books on pitchers being part of the batting order on the regular, unless we start developing more unicorns like Shohei, mm-hmm. um, which I'm totally here for as well. I mean, there have been pitchers in the past who could rake. Tim Hudson, you know, great pitcher in the, with the Oakland A's, was an All-American like, shortstop at Auburn. Now he's the coach at Auburn. Um, so there have been pitchers in the past who could hit. I think lots of people talk about Rick Ankeel, who when he got the yips on the mound, developed, you know, made the position change to outfield. Uh, Carlos Zambrano here in Chicago was a lot of fun to watch swing the bat, but none of them were Shohei Otani. And so I'm, I want to see Shohei do both in the All-Star game in Denver this summer. I'm with you, man. In fact, uh, I'm ordering plane tickets right now for us. Okay. Well, just, we, can just crash my, we can crash on my brother's couch. I didn't tell him that yet. Oh. But uh, the, Wait a second. Uh, Your the, brother's in Rado? He, uh, he teaches at Boulder. Get out of town. Yeah, so I got a couch that I can sleep on. Halfway between Denver and Boulder. We got a place to crash? That's if fun. the stars align. Oh, man. All right. Art Bamford, here we go. Line Drive Radio invading the space. <laughs> Clean the sheets. We're coming. <laughs> oh, man, good stuff. Yeah, let's get Otani in there. Let's do it. Have some fun, MLB. Let's do this. Fans, get in there. Keep clicking. Get thousands of emails. Get them in there. Let's go. 
Let's do it, and then hopefully the managers uh, throw them in there on the pitcher side as well, too. So that'll be good stuff. All right, pal. And for everybody out there who's going to follow our advice and wants to cast their ballot, remember MLB.com slash all-star, hyphenated all-star slash ballot. And for those who are not spelling inclined, that is B-A-L-L-O-T, MLB.com slash all-star slash ballot. Go cast your vote uh, as We've heard a lot in this country over the last few years. Make sure that you cast your vote for those that you think is most deserving of the role. Uh, send them out to the All-Star game. Let's let's get some of the talent in the game out there in Denver, and let's watch the ball fly. And if you do need a guide sheet of today's uh, program, you can email us at linedriveradio at gmail.com, and we'll give you all the picks. Everything that and that's also where you can send uh, PayPal yes. <laughs> for our fantasy picks to click on a weekly basis, like Cedric Mullins. Uh, who went from a fantasy ad of the week to uh, an all-star vote nod in the American League. See, folks? See? You got to tell, tell two friends and so on and so on. You're getting all the good stuff here at LDR. No doubt about it. All right, look, Tab, before we – um, and that's great. That's our, So that's our little wrap-up there in the positions there uh, for the starting lineups here. Uh, again, uh, Tab just gave you all the info. Go out there and vote. And vote hard, vote hard, and vote heavy, and vote a lot. Uh, I five I am, votes, five votes per email address. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is Chicago. Vote early, vote often. Milwaukee uh, fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and Yankee fans, and and everybody vote against Altuve. All right, nah, you know we don't want them in there. We just don't need them in there. Man, I'm a bitter Yankees fan. Isn't that terrible? Uh, I I'm not at this stage of this season. I sound like Paul, Cassidy. Sure that there are many I sound like Yankees Cassidy on the Bruins bench. There. Oh man, yeah. No, I mean, look. Are there any Yankees fans who aren't bitter right now as oh. we talk on June eighth, buddy? The it's, fans the other night were just incredible. It's no bueno, brother. Yeah, it's no bueno. Anyway, we move on. All right, so um, great stuff there, Tab. Uh, just some great names, players, and, 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 really... and we'll we'll come back as we get closer to the actual All Star game. Obviously, on the ballot, you don't vote for the pitchers to get in. Uh, but as we get closer to the game, obviously rotations need to line up for guys to be able to make it to the game. Uh, and, you know, guys have to be healthy, which has been a problem this year for some of the guys that would probably be there, like a Jack Flaherty. Uh, but we'll circle back and talk pitching in the All-Star game as we get closer to the actual uh, Festivus hitting uh, the Mile High City. Uh, but we wanted to go through the ballot today because you've got a few weeks to get those ballots cast. So make sure that you head over on the interwebs, uh, check the app on your phone, and get those ballots cast so that we got the right people representing in Denver. Absolutely. And a couple of things I'm taking out of our show today, too, that I'd like to do in future shows, Tab, is guys like Nick uh, Magical that you brought up before, guys who can see the you can just see the ball better at the plate than a lot of the players. I think there's a, a definite magic to that, um, a skill to that, and I'd like to get into some of the players that – um, who just can, you know, have these just amazing at-bats or how they play and how they see the ball. I think uh, guys like Nick should be um, focused on a little more. Um, so I'd like to swing back to that. Um, and I think we should definitely we, we could We could actually put together an all-vertically challenged, the, the anti-judge oh. fantasy team oh, wow. uh, for the, the sub-six-footers, if you will, uh, because we've got some folks out there that are really dynamic. You know, this is one of the things I brought up that Madrigal is my middle son's favorite player. He's not a big kid. Um, but he just, he looks for guys who are like five, eight and below Nick Madrigal's listed at five, eight. If he's five, eight, I'm six, five. Um, 
he's closer to five five. But you've got some. The great thing about baseball is when you watch like the NFL and the NBA. Obviously, you're watching guys like Kevin Durant do magical things at seven feet tall. In the NFL, you're watching guys that are six five and three hundred pounds do things that are amazing. Uh, and then when you watch baseball, you can see a guy like an Ozzy Albies or a Nick Madrigal or your favorite guy Altuve or Bregman, who are you know heading in at five seven, five six, and still able to produce at an incredibly high level. So I think that one of the beautiful things about baseball is uh, you don't necessarily have to be ordained by God to be able to play a sport. It's about work ethic and desire uh, to get yourself to the highest level. And we're seeing some guys that don't have bodies that would get them into any other sport except well, maybe hockey. Um, but you're seeing some some smaller guys make big, big plays on the field. So that's one of the fun things about baseball right now. Yeah, I'd love to definitely focus on that uh, a little down the road. Also, I'd like to do a Houston Astros pre-2017 Astros special on uh, the old teams, uh, the players, the uniforms, the Astrodome, too, as well. And um, we'll also talk about uh, getting Jesse Winker into the country music business. Well, well. And, and, and with that in mind, uh, one quick thing before we wrap this thing up with our fantasy pick to click. Uh, hitting shelves today, uh, new book. Again, it's just hitting shelves today, June 8th, 2021. Uh, by Andy Martino, marvelous writer who was on the inside of the Astros back when they were winning the World Series. He wrote a book titled Cheated, the inside story of the Astros scandal and a colorful history of sign stealing. He goes back into how signs are done, how signs have been stealing, stolen before the Astros, and then how the entire scandal transpired with Houston um, I've heard a couple interviews that he's done uh, on MLB Network on XM Radio and a couple other places. Uh, just looks like one of those stories that'll make your hair curl. Um, just the way that things were falling apart in Houston and the amount of division within that organization around things that were going on in the way that they just didn't get along and somehow won the World Series around a hurricane and everything else. Um, but if you're looking for something to read this summer uh, for the kids out there that need a summer reading list of their own or adults that just want to dig in on how things went down in Houston, Hitting Shelves Today, Andy Martino. You can find it on Amazon if you're one of those prime folks. Cheated uh, the inside story of the Astros scandal and a colorful history of science stealing. Great new book. Go check it out. Uh, worth giving it a look. I like it. I'm going to check it out. My copy has hopefully delivered today. Really? Well, I don't know if I don't. It's going to let me. It's going to help me heal the wounds. I don't know if Yankee fans if this will be therapeutic for them or will it make us that much angrier. But well, the the Yankees were not always uh, above reproach I, I when it came to sign stealing. So they I... had the Apple Watch and other stuff, but it 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 definitely well, digs in beyond just the Astros on how stein, signs had been manipulated because of stealing and how guys stole signs and then how technology kind of completely changed how that was able to be done. Um, and then it digs in on how the Astros were doing it and continued doing it and all the blowback from that. So fascinating yeah, no, I, new book. Go give it a, ch- go check it out. 
Yeah, I, I like that other part of the book, though, the, the history of it, because it, it's a huge part of, of the history of baseball. And, yeah, the Astros aren't necessarily – it's like anything else, Tab, right? Only the ones that get caught get focused on, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So yep. uh, uh, they got caught. All right, hey, Tab, um, before we do your fantasy um, ad of the week, I'm going to bring the uh, the theme music. We're not going out yet, but I think it's – Apropos that we bring our music here for a little announcement that we have. Caps lock, all bold, maybe a different font. Big announcement time for Line Drive Radio. So tell them all about it, Tab. Go ahead. So, uh, your your favorite baseball podcast hosts, Paul, and yours truly uh, have been working on this thing this season. We appreciate everybody that's come along for the ride. Uh, subscribers, listeners, followers, all that good stuff. Um, starting with uh, this week's show, uh, Paul and I are thrilled to announce that Line Drive Radio is joining the Revolver Podcast Network. Um, so you'll be able to find us on all the same channels that you've been finding us on before. Uh, but we are, are definitely going to be cranking it up a notch. Uh, we're going to be adding some fun stuff as we go forward. Uh, but the Revolver Network uh, is uh, an incredibly exciting opportunity for the two of us to join a really robust group of talent as uh, their first foray into national baseball talk. So exciting times for Line Drive Radio, joining the Revolver Podcast Network. Digging it, baby. We're going to be getting limber and swinging some timber yeah, on the Revolver Network, baby, right yeah, here at Line Drive have... Radio. Yeah, it doesn't fit with the music motif that we have on the show, but Velvet Revolver might need to find its way into the playlist somewhere. Ooh, we have to crank that up a little bit. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, look, we're uh, really excited and happy about being on uh, Revolver, and uh, we appreciate them, uh, you know, finding us, picking us up, and giving us a shot, and we're uh, really looking forward to moving forward and now uh, on a, a just a fantastic, uh, classy uh, setup of, a, you know, great content. And again, me and Tab are just uh, thrilled to uh, to start uh, to continue the journey on with the great people at Revolver uh, Podcast. So uh, thanks so much. So that's great stuff. That's our big announcement, and we'll have more as we go down the road in terms of what we're going to do with Revolver and everything else. And and maybe we'll do a live, you know, broadcast from uh, Colorado at Tab's brother's place uh, for the All Star Game. You never know. He's got a nice balcony, and it's <laughs> overlooking something that's a lot better than I think either one of us has on our back door right now. So. Uh, oh, I've been there. De- I know, man. We'll, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely get after it. But yeah, we're uh, we're we're very excited for for that news. Teased it last week, but uh, we're uh, we're looking forward to big things for Line Drive Radio here coming down the pipe. So, thanks for everybody that's come along. Please continue sharing, and we will look forward to uh, growing an audience and continuing to talk uh, the excitement of baseball throughout the rest of the regular season. Right on. All right, man. Let's, uh, everybody out there now, it's time to get your pens and papers out. Tab is about to give us his fantasy baseball ad of the week. And again, as we always say, make sure you, uh, PayPal us any of your winnings, uh, at the end of the season. We'd like it in one large sum. One yes. large lump sum. And again, if you've listened to us in the past, you're probably doing fairly well right now because guys like Cedric Mullins and Jesus Aguilar, who have been our fantasy picks to click in the past, have continued to play well and could be making you money. Uh, this week's fantasy pick-to-click, our ad of the week, uh, comes from the city of Detroit, the Motor City, 
a struggling team to put it together. Uh, Jonathan Scope, not Shoop. There is no salt and pepper happening here. Uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, who is eligible at first and second base, former Baltimore Oriole, uh, owned in only 40%, 47% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Uh, so if you're in one of the more than half of leagues on Yahoo that does not have Jonathan Scope, go get him. Uh, he's had two multi-home run games and four multi-hit games in the last week. He's got nine home runs and 26 RBI this season. Uh, second base and first base, as we talked about as we were going through the All-Star ballots, are a couple positions that have had a lot of significant injuries, some guys missing time for various reasons, some guys not performing as well as you would like. Jonathan Scope is hot right now, uh, and if you're setting your lineup on a daily or weekly basis, you want to find the trends and ride a guy while he's hot, and not many are hotter than Jonathan Scope right now. So head to the Motor City, get you some Jonathan Scope uh, at second base or first base on your fantasy team this week. There it is, folks, Jonathan Scope. Beat up on my Yankees there last week, too. Not very happy about it, but look, if he makes you some money, you know, I'll endorse him along with Tab here. Your fantasy add-on of the week here at Line Drive Radio. Good stuff. And thank you for clarifying the uh, pronouncement of his name there, Tab. As you know, if I had have introduced him, I would have said, shoot, doobie doop. <laughs> well, and, and look, here's, here's one of the fun things. And we'll probably do a whole show on this at some point down the road, too. Scope is one of those young guys. He's not as young as he used to be, but he's one of those guys that came from Curacao which has really developed into a hotbed for young talent. Ozzy Albies is another guy from down there. And a lot of the talent that is matriculating its way up from Curacao right now all comes back to the influence and importance of an Atlanta Braves legend, Andrew Jones, who has invested a lot of time, effort, and resources in growing the game on his native island. He was... He's probably still the the best player that's ever come from Carousel, but there's a really exciting young group that's in the majors from his home. And Jonathan Scope is one of those guys who developed a personal relationship as a young player with Andrew Jones and saw a path to Major League Baseball because of Andrew uh, and has really accommodated himself incredibly well at the Major League level. So uh, Jonathan Scope of Curacao and now uh, Detroit Rock City, the fight in Allen Trammell's get Lou Whitaker in the Hall of Fame already well overdue. The Detroit Tigers uh, get him on your fantasy team this week. I dig it. I also dig the uh, Kiss Detroit Rock City plug there too, man. Rock and roll nine party every day, baby, just like we do here at Line Drive Radio. So once again, everybody, as always, thanks so much for tuning in, listening, sharing, and telling a few friends and so on and so on. And, and we also want to thank all our friends over on the Facebook page, which is, is nicely growing over there, Mr. Bamford. I like that. So, it is. Uh, if I could get my hairline to grow as well as our <laughs> audience on the social medias uh, are doing right now, it would be great. No, and you know what? Anybody that's new to the show uh, with our new relationship with Revolver, Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, feel free to catch up on previous episodes, uh, and we look forward uh, to growing the audience with the Revolver Podcast Network in the coming weeks. Uh, really excited for the future of Line Drive Radio. So anybody who's been with us from the jump, thanks again. Anybody who's new, feel free to share, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff, because we appreciate it, and we will continue to 
bring you the best in baseball talk on a weekly basis. Here, here, Mr. Bamford. I agree. Again, as always, thanks so much for tuning in. Line Drive Radio out today, episode 11. We're uh, very excited about Revolver, and it's going to be good stuff going ahead. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this All-Star Ballot selection show. Because I certainly did. I learned a lot today, as I do every week with Tab. Tab, give me the old usual goodbye here on LDR. Grab a glove, grab a ball, get outside, throw with your kids, throw with your friends. And make sure that if you can, get to a minor league ballpark, keep those ballparks open because they're important to the game. It's great to watch baseball. Go play, go watch, enjoy the game. And with that, Line Drive Radio is out. Play ball and go vote. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.